Hi YouTube, it's Joshua Mouse and welcome back to my channel. Today's video marks, I don't know which video it is, into the Summer of True Crime series. Today's video is made in collaboration with the amazing Zoe Wallace. Be sure to go check out the video that we've done on her channel in the description box below. And without further ado, let's delve straight into this video. I just had to point out this video has not been made to cause disrespect or anything like that. It's just been made to spread awareness about this case by compiling information from various different public sources on the internet now with all that being said let's delve right into this case lynn marie messer was born on friday the 4th of june 1982 in missouri usa now not that much is actually known about lynn's early childhood or even her early adulthood but what we do know is that she got married to a man quite early on and this man was called kerry k messer and together they had two children. Those two children were called Aaron Messer and Abraham Messer. Now, this close family actually all lived together in a 260-acre farm in Bloomsdale, Missouri. Now, like with Lynn's background, not that much is actually known about this farm that they ran, to be honest, is not a main focus of this case, but as I try to provide you with as much background information and context as I can, there isn't that much publicly available on what kind of farm this family ran, but what we do know is that this farm did have livestock, they had cows, and those cows would actually come in quite important later on in this case. Now, everything on the outside for this family seemed to be going really well, everyone seemed really happy with one another, and there didn't seem to be any issues, and that was from an outsider's perspective. And that was until one day, Kerry, who was Lynn's husband, woke up in the middle of the night to find that Lynn wasn't in the bed next to him. And he quickly discovered that Lynn had simply vanished. This is the curious case of Lynn Messer. On Tuesday the 8th of July 2014, at around 4am in the morning, Kerry Messer woke up and noticed his wife Lynn was not in the bed next to him. Presuming that Lynn had gone to the toilet, Kerry decided to get up and go and get a drink from the kitchen. He walked past the bathroom and he noticed that the light was off and Lynn was not in there. Kerry became overcome with concern and he started to walk around the house going from room to room while shouting for Lynn, but Kerry found nothing. He then decided to go out to the farm and start searching the outbuildings for her, but again there was no sign of Lynn. Kerry noted that all of Lynn's belongings were still in the home, such as her passport, her wallet and her phone. Lynn had actually broken her toe a few weeks prior and she had to wear a walking boot to protect her foot and this walking boot was still in the house. It seemed that Lynn had simply vanished into thin air. Kerry decided to go to his son's houses which were located on different parts of the farm just to see if Lynn had gone to any of them. Kerry and his sons spent the whole night searching the farm and trying to look for Lynn. But when morning came and they still couldn't find her, they decided to call the police and report her missing. When law enforcement arrived, they decided to search all buildings and the forest that surrounded the farm. St. Louis Regional Command Post, Eureka's Search and Rescue, alongside canine teams, 
fire department and loads of volunteers all came to the Mesa farm to conduct a search for Lynn. And inevitably, less and less volunteers were coming out to search for Lynn. Hope was being lost for finding Lynn Messer. Despite everyone else losing hope in ever finding Lynn, Kerry told the media that he had every hope in finding his wife. The family still managed to gather a large group of people every weekend to conduct further searches. And at the two-month anniversary of Lynn's disappearance, the family and volunteers and law enforcement had actually searched over 5,000 acres of land, hoping to find any clues to where Lynn went. And unfortunately, they found no trace of Lynn whatsoever. And with hunting season just around the corner, it was about to become a lot harder for the search teams to safely comb through different areas of land. Now, as I'm sure you can probably guess, this was simply just due to the safety concerns of hunters um, in the area. But the police actually used hunting season to their advantage and they requested that all hunters hunting in that area would keep an eye out for any evidence or anything suspicious that could relate to Lynn's disappearance. Now when police decided to distribute photographs of Lynn to the local press, several leads were actually generated and several sightings of Lynn were actually reported too. However, all these new leads and all these sightings actually just turned out to be a simple case of mistaken identity and the police were back to square one. Now, initially, the investigators were unable to find anything in Lynn's life that would indicate any reason for why she had, you know, just disappeared or any motivation for her just walking out and never coming back. Nothing in her life indicated initially any issues. Now, investigators were very quick in ruling out Kerry as a suspect. They initially believed that he had done absolutely nothing wrong. The law enforcement and forensic officers found that there was no sign of a struggle in the Messer family home. All of Lynn's personal belongings remained in the home. There had been no sign of you know, a struggle at all. It seemed to the investigators that Lynn had simply just disappeared in the middle of the night. Now, it was further ruled out that Lynn had just decided to run away and it was a planned thing that she intended on doing and that was down to the facts that first of all all of her personal belongings had been left in the house when she disappeared including mobile phones wallets cash identities you know anything of any keepsake they'd all been left alone in the house not touched further to this she actually had planned a Bible studies lesson the following day. Lynn was a very, very active member of her church and it would be completely against her character to just plan a lesson for her fellow churchgoers and then just disappear and, you know, betray them in that way. Lynn had actually gone ahead and made actual plans for the lessons that she had intended to teach up until the day she went missing. And these were for lessons that week and actually the following day too. And it is even reported in some sources that Lynn had actually been doing some arts and crafts for the lesson the next day, you know, putting together something that could have been used as an example or a teaching medium, um, you know, the night that she went missing and that would strongly indicate to me i think personally that she didn't have any initial intentions or any 
planned intentions of running away. Somebody who is planning on running away slowly removes themselves from the picture, they slowly isolate themselves, and they don't really make any plans in the future. Um, and they don't, and if they do make those plans just to avoid suspicion, they don't go out of their way to do extra work in preparation for a lesson that they're never going to attend. She went all the way to, to the local supermarket and bought arts and craft supplies to make um, teaching objects and teaching mediums for the following day's lessons. That to me doesn't sound like the actions of somebody who was intending to run away that night. This case, as you can imagine, quickly began to go cold and the investigators had next to no leads to go on. However, it soon became apparent to investigators that Kerry's story of events didn't actually line up with the story that his sons told, Abraham and Aaron. Now, according to Abraham's account, Kerry had shown up at his house um, at his front door, pounding on the front door at about 4.15 a.m. the day, well, the night that Lynn went missing. And that was in the early hours of July 8th, 2014. Abraham had actually jumped out of bed in kind of in fear um, on account of how loud Kerry's banging was on the front door. All Abraham could hear when he woke up was Kerry yelling and screaming and pounding on the front door. So of course, naturally, he ran to the front door to see what was the matter and to see, you know, what was going on and, and to be of assistance to his father. Abraham later actually said in an interview that he thought that his house was on fire or that one of maybe his parents' house was on fire or that something to that effect had happened. That's how loud the screaming was. It was as if Abraham was trying to wake them up and get them say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Out of the house, but the house wasn't on fire. Now, when Abraham raced down the stairs and to the door, barely throwing on his dressing gown, he opened the door and immediately asked Kerry what was the matter, but all Kerry asked was whether he had driven their four-wheeler that evening, the night before. And when Abraham, confused and a bit shocked at this question, replied saying that he had driven the four-wheeler vehicle the night before, Kerry just said okay very calmly before turning around and walking away. Now, Abraham told Daily Journal online, I'm going to quote this directly from the article, he was up at my house in his pickup truck standing on my porch without a shirt on and he turns around and he walks away. He walks all the way to the end of the porch and right before he steps off back into the rain, he says, 
I don't know where your mother is, and I don't know what is going on. And then he simply walks away. Like mentioned earlier in the case, the entire Mesa family lived on this farm. And the farm was around 260 acres big, so there was plenty room for all the family. Abraham actually lived at the opposite end of the farm from the family, and this was about half a mile in distance. As both Abraham and Aaron did work on the farm, it was totally normal for them to use a four-wheel drive to get from one side of the farm to the other to work. Abraham was very confused as to why his father asked him about the four-wheeler as his father knew that he used this to get around regularly on the farm. Now, it's important to note that at this time, Abraham was confused as to why his father hadn't told him or said anything about the note that he has found. Now, we will be looking into this note a little later in the case. Abraham went back inside and told his concerned wife about everything that had happened on the doorstep. Abraham was quick to remember that his parents had a fully furnished apartment in one of the outbuildings on the farm which was just across the way from his home. And his parents' home had some issues with a septic tank so they had been using the restroom in the fully furnished apartment. Abraham had told his wife that it was likely that his mother had just gone to the bathroom and hadn't told his father where she was going. Abraham was quick to recount to his wife that his mother had once got lost when she had tried to go to the bathroom without wearing her glasses. Abraham was quick to recount to his wife that his mother had got lost once before during the middle of the night whilst trying to go to the bathroom without her glasses on. The family had actually rearranged their dining room and this had caused Lynn to get lost in her own home in the dark whilst trying to go to the bathroom. According to Abraham, Lynn had just walked around the dining room table several times trying to find her way back to the bedroom but she was unsure on which door to go through. Abraham and his wife just laid back down in bed and they was under the impression that his mother would just turn up in the morning. But when Abraham woke up that morning around 7am and he had no text to say that his mother had been found, he was worried sick. He immediately tried to call Kerry but didn't get no answer and he tried several times to no avail. At around 7.45 a.m., Kerry actually phoned Abraham back and Kerry told Abraham that he didn't have any idea what was going on and that he had no idea where his mother was. He had no idea where Lynn was. But then Kerry went on to say that because of a note that he had found, he had reason to believe that they should contact the police department and that he was probably going to have to phone for the sheriff's department. Now, Abraham understandingly was very shocked to learn about the existence of a note. Why hadn't his father mentioned this note when he came knocking and bashing on his door at 4.15 no, a.m. that morning? If his father had found this note when, when he discovered that his mother had gone missing, 
Why didn't his father immediately phone for the police? Why did he wait four hours before telling anybody about this note? This note which provided, or could provide, vital evidence as to the whereabouts of Lynn. Now Abraham gave Kerry the benefit of the doubt and asked him what he could do to help, expecting Kerry to tell him to come straight down to the family farmhouse and join in the search efforts for Lynn. But Kerry weirdly asked Abraham to actually move a herd of cows from one of their fields to another field. And this was an action that would severely derail the investigation. Kerry went on to tell Abraham that he didn't need him to come to the house at all and that he didn't need him to do anything else, just move the cows from one field to the other. Now, if you're unfamiliar with how cows, you know, cow farming works on a actual farm, cows will be in a field for a set period of time, usually on some kind of a timetable set by the farmer, and that is so that a cow can, you know, eat all the grass in a particular field, but not eat the grass so much that it kills the grass. Um, and it's to ensure the cows get enough nutrients for milk production and to, you know, beef them up and that kind of thing. So farmers regularly move herds um, of cows from one field to another to give the field they've just been in a chance to regrow and to give the cows more nutrients. However, I just need to point out that this isn't a strict timetable. You don't write on this day, this cows have to be moved. And it's weird to me that Kerry would ask ask his son on the morning that his, his wife and his son's mother has gone missing out of nowhere and they've left this, this, this note, which we'll talk about later in this video. It's weird to me that he would ask his son to move these cows from one field to another. Now, I'm going to go into more detail about this later on in this video, but remember to keep that in your mind as you go forward with this case. This is a very peculiar point and a very peculiar action um, to me, at least. Now, shortly after Abraham hung up on his father, his brother Aaron rang him. Abraham filled Aaron in, in on everything that had happened that morning, and he asked Aaron whether he had known about this note. Aaron responded to his brother by saying that Kerry had actually only just told him too, so that must have mean that he had told Aaron just before he phoned Abraham, and then Aaron said that he had phoned for the police, and that would have happened whilst Kerry was on the phone to Abraham. And so, doing what his father said, and not really knowing what else to do, Abraham decided to go move the cows from that one field to another field. And then afterwards, he went down to his parents to see what the hell was going on. As soon as Abraham drove up to Kerry, Kerry started shouting at him, telling him to leave. Now, Abraham, not wanting to get into an argument or a fight with his dad on this already very stressful morning, just turned his car around and began to drive back down the drive towards his house. And it was whilst he was driving down this road that he actually came in contact with the first officer that was responding to the call. The officer and Abraham spoke for a few minutes before they continued on their way. Abraham went back into his house, cleaned himself up really quickly. He changed his clothes because he had just been, you know, moving cows from one field to another. He was quite mucky, so he wanted to make himself a bit more presentable. Um, and then he just got back in his car and drove back to his parents' house um, to see what was going on. The police were now there. He wanted to know what was happening and he wants to know where his mother was. And by the time Abraham got back to his parents' house, the police detectives had already started combing through 
his parents' property, and more detectives by this point had already arrived, and they were climbing through the house looking for any evidence or any pointers as to where Lynn had gone. The sheriff then began to question and make inquiries to Kerry about Lynn's mental health, asking whether Lynn had ever suffered from depression, whether she had ever had anxiety or any suicidal tendencies, and as a response to this, Kerry blew up. He started shouting, he said that, wait, I'll quote this, he started saying that, no, she has never been depressed, never had anxiety, never done anything suicidal. That is what um, Abraham quotes him to have said late in later interviews. And it was at this exact moment that Abraham's wife came down the driveway and asked Abraham whether they had told the police about the incident with the cats. And as you can imagine, the sheriff hearing this very ambiguous question about a very ambiguous situation immediately began questioning and asking them to elaborate, so Abraham's wife did. Abraham's wife told the sheriff of how Lynn had actually gone out to the barn with a rifle with the intention of shooting herself, but instead took out her anger on the cats and shot the cats instead. Now Kerry reacted to this very, very emotionally and immediately started shouting at Abraham's wife, telling her to shut up and that she was making it up and that, that that event had never actually happened. But then Abraham's wife took a step back, you know, kept herself calm and explained that it had happened and that Lynn had actually confided this in her. And Kerry's response to this was simply saying, quote, I didn't know you knew about that, unquote, before Kerry just turned around and started walking away. Now, this cat incident had actually happened about six months prior to Lynn's disappearance, and as a result of this cat incident, um, Lynn had actually gone and sought out professional medical help. She'd actually started therapy for her depression. But as it turns out, Lynn actually wasn't going to these counseling sessions alone, which is something that you're supposed to do when you're talking about mental health, especially if perhaps Perhaps that mental health is triggered by an event happening at home or somebody else at home that you're just trying to work through. Lynn didn't go to these therapy sessions alone or these counselling sessions alone. Her husband Kerry went with her and that was almost as if Kerry was kind of censoring her in some ways. You could interpret that as Kerry's, Kerry's presence there may have forced Lynn to not open up as much as she would do if she was alone. Of course, it could also be seen as Kerry just being supportive, maybe Lynn asked him to come with her, maybe she needed some sort of support in these therapy sessions. This could be taken from a multitude of different angles, but to me, Kerry seems to come across as this kind of person that is very controlling, and um, yeah, I, I think he went with her with the intent of almost censoring what she said, almost scaring her, scaring her enough in these therapy sessions that she wouldn't open up fully about certain events or particular arguments or particular things that were worrying her. Now, it was very, very strange to Abraham and Abraham's wife that Kerry had straight up lied to the sheriff about Lynn's mental health state. In fact, the sheriff would have found out about this fairly soon um, as there were prescription medication bottles in the family house, in the bathroom, for antidepressants labelled for Lynn. So it, it wouldn't have been long until the sheriff would have identified that Lynn had mental health problems such as depression and 
It makes no sense to me why Kerry would lie about this. Abraham went on to say in further interviews that Kerry actually labeled Lynn's antidepressants as Lynn's happy pills. It was kind of their like playful nickname for the pills. So he was definitely, definitely aware that Lynn was on antidepressants and definitely, definitely aware that Lynn had mental health issues, which kind of leads me to, to, to be suspicious of Kerry in this scenario because why would he straight up lie to the sheriff about her wife's mental state? And something that could, in fact, hinder the search for Lynn. It could you know, it could delay finding her. Okay, okay, enough talking about how I find Carrie suspicious. Um, let's talk about the alleged note that Lynn had left. Now, only a small portion of this note has actually been released to the public, and it's important to note that this portion of the note was actually released by Kerry himself in an interview. So take from it with a hint of salt. Um, I personally would, but this note allegedly read, I am sorry, Pa, to put you through this. I love you with all my heart. Apparently, the notes then went on to further detail conflicts Lynn was experiencing at the time. But like I said, this information and the contents of this note comes from Kerry himself directly and has not been backed up by any law enforcement or any official people, so take from it as you wish. Also, according to some sources, Kerry had actually made photocopies of this note on the very morning that Lynn had disappeared, which is very, very peculiar and very strange actions to me. On the morning that your wife disappears, your long-term wife that you have a farm with, you have children with, who someone you proclaim to love disappears, and you find a note that potentially indicates that she's gone to perhaps harm herself in some way, why would you start making photocopies of that note? Why wouldn't you just get out there and start searching? Why wouldn't you just start assisting the police officers? I personally would have left photocopying and photographing that note to the law enforcement. It's not, it's just a strange behavior that it doesn't quite correlate or add up in my mind as to why someone would do that. Now, don't get me wrong, these kind of high stress scenarios can make a person do things that seem very weird. Um, maybe he thought that he was aiding in the investigation, maybe he thought he was aiding the sheriff's office, but again, also, this event is only according to some sources, and I couldn't quite cross-verify it with um, a lot of the sources, so it's difficult to pinpoint or say whether this happened for sure, but if this did happen, to me this is very, very suspicious. Um, well, not suspicious, it's just very weird. Now, earlier we mentioned that the cows were on the farm and the action that would delay the investigation by two years. On the first day of searching, police brought in canine units and they were using these canine dogs to follow scent. These canine units picked up a trail that started at Kerry and Lynn's house and this trail continued through the cow field. Now the frustrating thing is by Abraham moving the cows from one field to another he actually destroyed the scent trail that the dogs had picked up. On the 1st of November 2016 over two years since Lynn went missing and 50 feet from where the dog scent trail was destroyed there was bones found on the Messer farm. The bones were immediately suspected to be that of Lynn Messer. 
largely because her glasses and her artificial hips were found within the remains. The bones then were positively confirmed to be Lynn's through the use of dental records and further medical examinations actually showed that the remains had been there since the day that Lynn went missing. As you can probably tell there is a lot to this case and unfortunately there's a lot of conflicting information from different articles explaining what went down leading up to Lingo missing on the day that she went missing and even after her disappearance. I do strongly urge you to do your own research into this case if you do want to jump in a little deeper. I've left some further reading and sources in the description below. Sadly at the root of this case there has been a lot of family feud and this has led to Abraham and Aaron actually being evicted from the Messer farm. Now because this case is unsolved we are going to talk about some theories. The first theory stems from that when Lynn was stressed out she lacked to go on long walks and long walks really calmed her down. But this theory doesn't hold a lot of back into it. There was a thunderstorm on the night that Lynn had gone missing and I just don't understand why she would go for a walk at 4am in the rain with a foot injury. The next theory is that Lynn had accidentally taken the wrong medication or perhaps accidentally taken too much of her medication which had caused severe side effects. Now it isn't uncommon for somebody to wake up in the middle of the night in a bit of a panic, perhaps they had a dream about not taking the medication, thinking they hadn't taken the medication and then you know, taking an extra dose and potentially taking too much medication. That is something that does happen um, generally. Um, it is a common occurrence, well not so common, it's a rare occurrence, but it does happen. Now this theory actually has a bit of concrete backing to it. It has a bit of substance to it and that was because about six months, maybe five months before Lynn went missing, she had accidentally taken one too many sleeping pills or accidentally taken a sleeping pill in place of maybe an ibuprofen or a paracetamol, um, which led her to actually be involved in a minor car accident. Now I'm not sure what sleeping pills Lynn had been prescribed or what sleeping pills she had access to, but what I do know is that certain Certain kinds of sleeping pills can cause um, severe hallucinations, it can cause delusions um, when you stay awake or um, if you take too many of them. I know particularly a commonly prescribed drug in America called Ambium, I believe the brand name is, um, does cause those effects and is actually a drug that is easily abused. It's an easily abused prescription drug. Uh, people will take it and use it, stay awake, and then they experience highs, they experience hallucinations, um, and it actually stops their memory from working. So they won't remember what they're doing and they kind of act very, very strange and peculiar and they become delusional and they it's almost like a state of mania that they enter. Um, it is a very, very peculiar phenomenon. The next theory is that Lynn had actually committed suicide. Now this theory is plausible due to Lynn's history and her mental health issues, but she had arts and crafts classes 
the next day which she had set up for. However, it should be noted that Lynn was making arts and crafts for a Bible studies class that she had on the day that she went missing. It seems odd to me, if she was just going to kill herself, why would she put all of her efforts into going and getting all the supplies she needed and even putting the project together? Now the next theory is that Kerry actually had something to do with Lynn's disappearance. Now Kerry and Lynn both had a close family friend and this family friend was called Summer. And just two weeks before Lynn had gone missing, Lynn had actually gone to Summer for some kind of help. It isn't publicly known what Lynn and Summer discussed at this meeting and what help that Lynn was needing from Summer, but according to Abraham, when Lynn returned from this trip, to visit and console in summer, she was visibly stressed and she was very concerned and worked, worked up about something. And in the weeks leading up to Lynn's disappearance, Kerry was also acting very peculiar. He was acting very strange around this family friend, Summer. And Kerry actually continued this behavior in the weeks following Lynn's disappearance. He was acting very, very strange around Summer, according to his sons. Then just a few years later, four years, after Lynn went missing in 2018, even when Kerry had said publicly very recently to this that he would never give up hoping, he would never give up hope finding his wife, he announced to his friends and family that he had actually started a new marriage and he'd gotten married to Summer. Now, Kerry claimed that he hadn't started dating Summer until about eight weeks after Lynn went missing, but to me, that is very very a very short amount of time after um your wife goes missing and the entire family was actually very very skeptical about this believing that kerry had been dating summer perhaps in an affair before lynn went missing and maybe the reason that lynn was so stressed about something was because that she had uh, gone to summer and summer had informed her or told her or confirmed this affair and this this you know upset lynn deeply her marriage was you know potentially soiled her husband was having an affair potentially and all this not adding up actually led abraham and aaron to publicly announce that Kerry was hiding something and that they felt that Kerry was hiding the truth. And as a result of this, Kerry actually kicked his two sons who had for their entire lives lived on the farm off the farm. He evicted them from their homes, which forced the two sons to move away with their families. This family feud was actually so intense that the memorial service for Lynn at the local church had to be cancelled on the account that Kerry had banned his two sons to attend their own mother's memorial service. After Lynn's remains were discovered and a post-mortem was conducted, the authorities announced that they would be releasing the remains back to Kerry so that he could bury them in a proper service. And Kerry did just that, except he actually took the remains across state lines and buried Lynn in a very private, secret funeral service and didn't even tell his sons about it. Which ultimately meant that Abraham and Aaron did not attend their own mother's funeral or memorial service. And that to me is just so, so heartbreaking to hear. I'm not gonna lie, 
Kerry seems so suspicious in this case. He lied to the law enforcement officers. He waited four hours before phoning for the police. He waited four hours before telling anyone about this alleged note that Lynn had left behind. He made Abraham move cows from one field to another, which effectively destroyed the scent trail um, that the dogs could have followed to Lynn's remains. Which, by the way, Abraham later said in an interview that the cows weren't even scheduled to be moved that day. They weren't scheduled to be moved for another couple of days or another week or so. So that in itself is really, really crazy to me. Kerry was acting so strange before and after Linda's disappearance around a family friend, a woman who he eventually married. And then he kicks his own family off the family farm before denying his two sons a chance to see their mother's funeral and a chance to get closure. All of those facts, to me, seem beyond suspicious. Like we said earlier, there is so, so, so much more to this case. If you want to research it more, there is full character profiles, there are more theories, there are some more lesser significant facts, which I didn't cover in this video, um, but there is so, so much more to this case. So if you wanted to conduct any more of your own research, I will leave some links in the description down below for further research. You can also Google and find and, you know, conduct your own research into this case. Things that I did omit was an event surrounding the Facebook page, which was very, you know, kind of suspicious, but I didn't think to be too significant that I need to put in this video. And also the fact that Kerry was a lobbyist for his church for I think it was for Christianity or something along those lines he was a Christian lobbyist I believe um which even further added to this character profile and describing who Kerry was and who he betrayed on the outside and who he was on the inside it was it's really really um crazy to read and if I were to cover it all in one video I would be Literally, it'd be like a five-part series with videos longer than Stephanie Harlow. There is so much to this case. It is crazy. Um, if you did want me to cover all the additionals and maybe even do a part two to this video, do let me know down below in the comments. I'd be more than happy to do that. But really, this is all that we have in this case for you today. Thank you so much for watching this video in the Summer of True Crime series. Don't forget to jump over to Zoe Wallace's channel to check out the case that we covered on her channel. It is... Ooh, that case is very, very interesting, and I voiced a lot of my own personal opinions and theories in that one. Um, it is a missing persons case and I do strongly advise that you go check that out as soon as you're finished with this video. Don't forget to leave a comment down below telling me your theories in this case and what you thought about this case. I've already touched on how suspicious I think Kerry is and personally I believe that Kerry was having this affair with Lynn. This is a very classic motive. Kerry was having an affair on Lynn with Summer and maybe Lynn found out and threatened to expose him um, in the church. Maybe he threatened, maybe she threatened um, to tarnish his reputation, something that he held very dear to his heart. He was a very prideful man um, and because of that he did something about it and got rid of Lynn. 
Um, I'm unsure what the results of the post-mortem were. Um, I couldn't find any accurate and reliable sources that went into more detail about the post-mortem, so I'm unsure whether there's any evidence on the remains to suggest any foul play. However, you've got to remember the remains were mostly decomposed and mostly skeletal, so it's difficult for medical examiners to determine a accurate cause of death as a result of that. Now don't forget to like this video if you found it interesting, subscribe and hit that bell icon so you can be notified every single time that I post. The next video is going to be on Sunday and it's actually, I believe, only going to be one video and it is a video with one of my favourite creators of all time. You're going to love it to shreds, I'm sure. It's a really interesting case coming very, very soon, um, publishing 4pm UK time on Sunday. If you've missed any of the other episodes in this Summer of True Crime series, before check out be sure, I mean to say, be sure to check out the playlist in the description. You can catch up on all of the episodes so far. Um, and next week, guess what, honeys? We're diving into three videos a week, I believe. Three videos a week next week, up until July 13th. How wild is that? Get ready, there's a lot of cases coming. Um, I've waffled on for way too long in this ending. <laughs> With all that being said, I will see you in the next video. Enemy I held too close